the next son of a bitch that hits my race car coming in here after the race is gonna get punched in the face. You can hit me out there all you want to, but when you hit a guy after the race coming down pit road, it just shows that you ain't got no respect and you damn sure ain't gonna get none. But from what, what I, I saw, saw beside me and in front of me, good, hard, clean racing. Everybody face each other the way it ought to be. Good. He just turned me around, drove it over his head and spun me out. All he did was cost himself. He just won half of the $9,000, $14,500. It will cost him from every race from here on out because next time I'm behind him, I'll turn his ass around, stuff him while I don't give a I got half a nine grand. Everybody here. Everybody here. All right. Ready to go? I'm ready. We are recording. Yeah. All right, well, here we are recording officially episode 102 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Um, I am uh, Glenn. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn3 underscore 11. I'm not super good at math, but I think we're 37 minutes late from when we were supposed to start. It is. We had... Uh, equipment malfunction and the primary malfunction was the location of said equipment that was needed to do to do this tonight wait a minute hold on well first i'll introduce myself as tommy two underscore zero on twitter and you can find the show at where to turn pod and now explain to me how your wife took your laptop and microphone to the zoo and then (laughs) no we were we'll, we'll continue the show we're, in a, we're searching for a pair of earbuds as Nicholas Cage had broken into my house and he needed earbuds to li- listen to the Declaration of Independence as we couldn't find a couldn't find a pair of them. But Man. I finally was victorious and glorious <laughs> and and found the needed earbuds. That was that was about ten minutes of the thirty seven minute delay. The rest was just on me. Just leave them right by your computer like I do, and then you'll always know where they are. I know, I know. That's surely you've surely you've progressed to the generation of iPhone that doesn't require that kind of headphone, right? Which one is that kind? The one, I mean, you have an iPhone that the headphone is a lightning port, not a audio port, right? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I have like an iPhone 6. Okay, so hold on a second. I'm going to call the pastor and get you added to the prayer list. Have, this, is, this, is some, this is some troubling news for, for a guy that tries to purport himself as such a man of means that we're doing that poorly. I have an iPhone obtained circa 2015. It's working fine. You see what I'm holding up to the screen here? This is an iPhone XS. Okay. If That's you wanted to buy one model? of these in the store, it would cost you a comma. I'm not spending that on a phone. But and it not, also I'm doesn't not... require headphones that also could plug into a computer. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. But I'm not spending four figures on a phone, and I'm not spending, still not spending four figures on a bike. <laughs> Maybe if you just keep talking them down, you could get them down into the upper upper three figs. No, and actually, because everyone is always listening, they're they're always out there listening. Ever since we recorded an episode last week, 
whether it's showing up in the, the Facebook feed that I visit every once in a while or other online places, I'm getting all these Peloton ads. And the, the latest ones I'm getting are emphasizing, hey, look at our bike. You can get this for $58 a month at 0% interest, which is exactly what I mentioned last week. So Peloton's listening to the show is what, what I'm taking away from I guess this. so. I guess so. Because that is exactly what you said last week. Is you said, "Hey, if if they could come at me with a payment plan, I mean, now you're being retargeted." A little bit tempting, but not tempting. I won just secondhand from somebody who got it and just wants to. They're willing to take just about a fifteen hundred dollar loss just to get something out of it. Because it's just collecting dust, and I have to find that person to take advantage of. Otherwise, there will be no Peloton. I'm still, I'm still holding with my original prediction, which is we've still got what seven, eight shopping days till Christmas. That thing will be under your tree. Uh, we've looked a little bit at some other, some other versions that might cost somewhere in the range of the five hundred to thousand dollar range, but uh, yeah. I don't think the Peloton's going to happen. So here would be my position, and and I'm not bike guy yet, but I feel like I'm either buying the Peloton or I'm not buying one at all. Like I feel like spending 500 on one that's not a Peloton would just be you just constantly be asking yourself, <laughs> what if? Well, what if? Yeah. What if no, I had just kicked another you know another thousand on top of this as you're not competing in the mock Tour de France, right? Well, I found out on uh, Twitter today that we have a listener who has actually guested with us a couple times that that owns one of these. Oh, Point Break Dave. Uh, no, it was a different gentleman, and he even uh, sent me a screenshot of his accomplishments, and his number of rides begins with one and ends with one. <laughs> so he's not a frequent user. So he might be he might be the individual. And I want to guess who it is, but he might be the individual that you end up being able to take to the cleaners and fleece for a half value one if he's only ridden it 11 times. Well, no, it's actually just once, apparently. Oh. <laughs> but the the person he lives with uh, actually has uh, ridden it in the hundreds, I believe. So. Oh, wait a minute. So if he lives with another person, that pretty much just rules out all our guest hosts except KJ, I think. So. Well... I think I'm pretty sure Gustav has people that lives in whatever that the barn or whatever. Well, animals he has don't. Up north. Animals don't count. <laughs> At least not in my book. <laughs> so is it a Peloton or a Bleloton? That's what I want to know. Oh, we have to edit that out. That's gonna. That's gonna get us suspended from Twitter, like Jake. Yeah, I saw that. So, do you have any insight as to what the what the final straw was? Um, I was looking on the line. And ironically, it had something to do with space, but it was about uh, the whole Steph Curry not believing we ever landed on the moon thing. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I I think it was the Randy Rogers band who had commented something like, and, and, you know, put Steph Curry's at in there and basically said, hey, my neighbor was an astronaut and he also fought for this country, so you need to use your platform for education. And I think Jake just commented or quoted it with i don't know just like a fake threat like that he was all pent up with frustration that you're not honoring our astronauts in the military 
by right, believing which, we landed on the moon. And he yeah, mentions things, something. Things, things he's gone on record of being very in support of in the past. Yeah, I, th- I think he, I think, I haven't seen the actual tweet, but I think he mentioned something, he was kidding, obviously, about like, he was going to kill him, or oh. something along those lines. Okay, so at least at least it took something pretty legit. It wasn't the uh, saying that space was super something. <laughs> no, okay. no, that didn't do it. That didn't get you kicked off Twitter. I think there's a chance he just doesn't come back. That he just says... Eh, forget it. Oh, no, I I enjoy his tweets too much for that to happen. I've had enough bad things happen to me this year. I can't compile this. I haven't had anything bad happen to me this year. (laughs) (laughs) How is that doing, by the way? Uh, Well, you know, you you can kind of... I'm sitting here comfortably as a... Pretty much as a normal person would. I don't have the the legs stretched or splinted out anywhere. We're still able to... Still able to bike, um, and actually a little bit of a little bit of weight bearing is going on, but I'm still I'm not crutch free yet. So wh- when will the crutch free experience begin? Man, I am hoping within a week, but I, I think it could be as much as two weeks away from being away from both of them. Because what they'll do is they'll go from two, I. Can- walk with the crutches and it looks really dumb because I have to walk really slow and then they they put you on one and then you can tolerate it they're like all right just wear your brace and go for it mm-hmm. so and how are, how are all the ladies at the rehab doing uh they're doing fine actually me and akash had some good creed 2 talk the other day so <laughs> He was, a, he was a big fan. I actually liked it more than the first one. You still haven't seen it, have you? No, I still haven't. I, I just can't. I know you have no problem doing this, but you're a much more genuine, generally confident person than I am. I just can't get myself to go to the Nashville movie theater by myself. Nobody cares. It's a, it's a seedy, dark room. It's not anything <laughs> you're not used to. <laughs> Man, it's getting so seedy in here. I've got one week left to go on my lease, Man. and I'm out of here. But then you make the big move, though. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually got to go to the bank tomorrow to make the big wire transfer that will then enable whoa, the big move. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So again, uh, not to pull the curtain back too much, but every other house I've bought involved me getting a cashier's check and taking it to closing. Right. And apparently, when you get to a dollar amount that we're playing with now, the the cashier's check is no longer in play. And the wow. wire transfer is what is now required. So, wow. yeah, that's Im- that's impressive. Yes, yeah, so we're playing we're playing in the big leagues. I'm going to be like Harold Baines one of these days, and I'm going to have just a very average life, and then get put into the Hall of Fame at the end of it, <laughs> and and be surprised. Don't you know that he was just sitting on his couch, probably watching reruns of something or other, and all of a sudden there was a notification on his phone that said <laughs> Harold Baines elected the Hall of Fame. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> oh yeah and then and then probably at this stage of his life it's worth more trouble than good because now everybody's just taking turns just taking huge dumps on his career and he's like man i was just having a good time here just watching watching reruns of the wire and now you gotta go do this to me that is uh former ranger great harold baines yes i think, I think he had a one-year swim through here yeah he did not very have- good 
He didn't have a chance to make it till the uh, Lance Lynn era started. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that signing. That's just my opinion, but okay. I'm all right with it. All right. Eh, short-term deal. I was going to say, we need we'll, to, we, we're, we're a little too early for Ranger talk, but um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to I explore this at a, later, at a later episode further with you. I want to explore your, your thoughts on this, because I, I have an interesting take on this signing. It involves the new stadium. <laughs> the Lance Lynn side, signing? Yes. Just, okay. just that he's going to have. I mean, I'm. Gonna, I'll get into more details, but he's going to have a horrific year next year, and then when we move to the new stadium, he's at this. The deal will end up looking okay by the end of it. That's my prediction. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, because the the way that the existing ballpark plays, um, and this is all provided that the new XFL team doesn't just you know bring so much energy to it that no ball could ever fly out of it. Um, doesn't play well to his style. Can we can we talk XFL? Because it's I I want to talk a little bit about this. No, I, I'd love to talk. I mean, this was not on the run sheet, but let's talk XFL. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, they're 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 not dropping any details. One, I, I'm kind of excited that we have a team that's playing in Arlington, and I'm kind of like I'm never going out there or ever watching this. I can't decide which side I'm on. Right. They keep dro- dropping hints about how they're changing the rules of the game. They're trying all kinds of new things. They've actually been experimenting with whatever new rules they have with like junior college players out in like Georgia or Mississippi somewhere. And I saw a brief, you know, like clip on YouTube, like a two minute thing showing these guys. It's just guys playing football. But then there's a guy in an XFL polo talking about it and how exciting the, the game is and how it's going to be. I think what they're trying to do is speed the game up, cut out as many commercials as they can. I think their games are going to be more like two hours instead of three hours plus. But one of the things he said was that the, these kids were playing under their proposed rules or their experimental rules. One of the things he said was, the first XFL touchdown today was a double forward pass. <laughs> Which very much sounds like along the lines of, yeah, and the de- the defense can also only tackle via the zigzag. The Claymore kick or the zigzag are the only <laughs> options for stopping a play. Would that, would already that reduce the... concussions? Probably, because anybody can get up to the zigzag, apparently, so... I guess so. We already discussed the hypothetical of the guy who just does the, it's like the the first scene from the last Boy Scout, but instead of the handgun, he just does, he just claymores everybody just all the way down through. the field. <laughs> no, the double forward pass would be interesting. So it'd be like, it'll basically just be like a, a big 12 game uh, with just faster clock, clock management. I, I think so. I think that's what a lot of this is going to be. I, I know a, a friend of mine in high school had a theory that football would be better if they on a forward pass, if they allowed a, a completion, if it was just a single hop off the ground. I could see them go in that direction. And the one hop becomes like some kind of a strategic throw somehow. Yeah. And, and, and does that become a reviewable play? They're having to look at <laughs> yeah. it. And say, well, well. Looks like I mean, two the- hops to me. I'm sure I know you were you were very busy looking for your headphones, but there was already there was already a touchdown in the San Diego game um, that was called not a catch. That I mean, it's one of those things where 
if Vince McMahon wants to make football great again, like that's a catch. I think that'll be a point of emphasis as well. I think it's that real... and not kneeling for the anthem were like the two things he was building the league on, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, the initial thing was we're not like bringing anybody in who has any kind of criminal record or any controversial history. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, so Manziel's out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also like they're probably well they're not going to call me, but uh, they're going to call Dave. Maybe they'll call you to play free safety somewhere. Yeah. Right. As soon as as soon as Nashville gets the franchise, I I thought it was curious that they that they made all eight of the initial teams in NF, existing NFL cities too. Cause I feel like, yeah. I feel like your Oklahoma cities and your San Antonio's of the world would be the places that would be more inclined to really get behind this. And, you know, instead they're coming into like a, a just sold out Cowboys town and then try to play games literally across a parking lot from where the Cowboys play. I don't see how that's, that's going to move the needle at all. Yeah, and they're playing at uh, all kinds of different venues, too, because some of the stadiums, like they're playing at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, which seats like 80,000. I can't imagine there'll be more than 10,000 people there. Oh, 10,000 would, 10, would be a banner day for them. Yeah, and same thing with, have you seen the, the rendering for Globe Life Park when it's no. altered for the... For the XFL, so basically, are they going to be doing construction, taking it down while the game's going on? Just <laughs> like while they're playing, the wrecking ball is just going to be hitting. Like, guys, this is annoying. That's part of the. It's part of the appeal. Is center the center field like sweet areas just being demolished while they're throwing double forward passes? <laughs> but no, they're going to put so picture from <laughs> kind of like the left field line like straight across all the way to the right field wall. Um, there's going to be like one huge grandstand on one side of the football field. And then the field itself will be right next to that and will kind of butt up right where, where the dugout is. And then they'll, pe- they'll use some of the stands that are actually there already for the other side of the field. And I assume they'll just sell like lower level tickets and then you have this grandstand they're going to bring in. It's going to look really strange. I got to, yeah. well, you know, I don't assume that they'll take the, the, the foul poles down because I've heard that they don't have any plans to tear the, the park down as a whole, that they're going to play. Maybe they'll play some college games there or maybe like have like the, the cornhole world championships, right? Paul McCartney is going to play a, a really bad concert there. Ooh, easy on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I won't be there. Did you see the um, article earlier today? I believe it was... Let me see real quick here. Vamp for a second. Ah, yes, here it is. Um, It was an ESPN expose on cleanliness of the food facilities at stadiums. I did hear the story about the, the mice being in the like in the Coke machine at Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, well, I did hear that story. All of our local stadiums didn't fare particularly well. The Cowboy Stadium came out okay, but Globe Life and then uh, and then American Airlines Center just just did uh, really bad. And in fact, here was a they they included the verbatim quotes from the health inspector. This was at Globe Life. Uh, the subhead is sweaty chef. <laughs> that's a, that's offensive. 
It says, inspectors noted that a chef at a cheesesteak and margarita stand was working with sweat dripping from his face on October 1st. Oh. So, man, that must have been playoff baseball or close. Inspectors suggested the employee take a break. <laughs> I mean, I'd say if you're wa- waltzing up to the cheesesteak and margarita stand, you've already got something else you need to rethink. <laughs> I mean, you're not even getting to the chef. You need to just turn around and go get hot dog or something. Isn't this the wussification of America, though, that now a guy's sweating and they're like, hey, pal, you just need to take a break. Okay? <laughs> yes. God forbid anybody sweat in this country. Right. Right. Hey, what, man? This is this is Beto's America right here. This is what's happening. This is what you're you're constantly texting me about this. All this kinds is, of an, anti-Beto memes. This is Beto, who I saw today uh, while I was enjoying a sandwich in the uh, cafeteria is the pers- by percentage, the odds on favorite to be the democratic nominee for president. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Just get ready because he, he will run and he will win And point break. Dave will have to follow through on that threat to move out of the country. <laughs> I'd vote for him just for that. And all, the, yeah, all that gloating will be short lived. So did you to also go off the run sheet here? Did you hear, because you're in the poker scene, obviously, as, as discussed in previous episodes, did you hear about this bet between two poker players for a hundred grand guy to spend 30 days in his bathroom? Oh yeah. I was, I was actually on this the day it started and I apologize yeah. for not bringing you in. I had no idea it would catch on nationally. Cause I mean, I know Mike Soroy did a couple segments on it. It, it got picked up by the national news. This this bet is fascinating to me, and I will tell you one thing. There's very few of those bets that I would not attempt for any amount of money, but this is one of them. Like there is no way. And, and in right. case you're not familiar, um, so this happens all the time during poker is people start, you know, they're stuck talking to each other for hours at a poker table. They cook up this, you know, ridiculous scenario. They start putting terms around it. And the next thing you know, there's a bet. Well, the bet in this case was um that a guy couldn't stay in a completely dark bathroom for 30 days consecutively without leaving. And, you know, some of the things that, that were of particular interest in this bet was that, that he would have no communication with the outside world and he would have no clock or way to identify what time it was or how much time had passed. So he would, he would essentially be in solitary confinement in complete darkness. Now, inside the bathroom, he was allowed to have whatever he wanted. So, like, you know, they said if you want to bring in, you know – spa equipment so you can take nice relaxing baths or you want to you know <laughs> um have whatever kind of food prepared and brought in but but even the food they had thought thought through to the point where well if he had food delivered every day then he would be able to tell how much time had passed so they had made an agreement where the food was going to be delivered at random intervals throughout the trip with a maximum of up to six days uh elapsing between food deliveries so he could you know, specify whatever he wanted to eat. They would bring it, but again, it was going to be, you know, transferred in the dark. So he wouldn't have any communication with the delivery person. Um, and would be kept in total, total darkness, you know, figuratively and literally about how long the bet lasted. And if he could last for 30 days, um, then he would get a hundred thousand dollars. Now they had the room wired up with some infrared cameras so that the people that were betting against him, could make sure he didn't leave, monitor, you know, his well-being in case he had some kind of a serious medical emergency and they needed to get in, they could do it. And um, the bet was off. Well, as soon as the bet started, I mean, on day one, 
everybody to a man said, there's no way this could happen. Like this guy cannot do this. And, you know, and of course you think about yourself in that situation and, and I'll stop here cause I want to hear your thoughts. But for me personally, there's no way, like, I don't think I could last 12 hours in this, in this scenario. No, there's no way a hundred thousand is enough money for an entire month no. to do it. I mean, I maybe for 24 hours, maybe, but I, I think I would be like scratching the walls yeah. by that point. No. And I think the, just the idea of the longer you're there, the more you're alone. And I mean, you read stories about people in jail having, you know, just in regular solitary confinement, you know, just losing their minds. And then, you know, you've got people chirping in that saying, well, it's not good for your eyesight. You know, if you're a, if you're a healthy functioning adult to be, uh, in the complete darkness for 30 days and you could be doing permanent damage to that, which I don't know if that was ever completely validated, but there was, there was some concern there. There's concern of what his mental health might be, if he even were successful for 30 days, what it would be after that, if he would have done long-term damage, you know, to his mental health, uh, just, just so many like huge red flags. Like I just don't, I don't think there's any way that it was worth it, especially for such a low, you know, dollar amount when you're talking about potentially, you know, life altering consequences. Right. Hopefully he had a window in there. I would have to assume that he did. No, there was no light, like a hundred percent, darkness oh, i mean that was man. that was the crux of the bet so do you know how it ended uh yeah they well i know they negotiated a buyout because he was like two-thirds of the way in he was 20 days in and he was doing so well that the guy who bet he couldn't do it panicked and said okay how much could i pay you just to end it right now and they agreed i believe on sixty-two thousand dollars. Yeah, for him to come out right there, but it wasn't initiated by the guy in the um, in the bathroom. It was initiated by the guy that was betting on him not to make it, and he got so worried because the guy, I guess, just made it through twenty days without showing any signs to stop it. And the guy's like, "Okay, what what can I offer him to buy out of this so that I don't have to pay the full hundred grand?" And he had apparently had some other people that were interested in buying off a little bit of the debt, so he wasn't. I think they said he'll stand to lose about forty thousand of his own money when it's all said and done. Right. And then some of his other investors will cover the other pieces. But yeah, they uh the guy did it like with flying colors and, and by all accounts would have easily made thirty days. Yeah, I think he I think he could have negotiated a little better. He could have Peloton this guy into about eighty grand, I think. <laughs> if he made think, it twenty two days, fine. You think so? No, twenty days. So he still had ten days. to go. So, you know, technically I guess the money kind of works out about about right. I mean he made it, you know, I guess Sixty-six percent of the way, so that's close to what he got. But you know, you don't know what state he's in, and you know he might have been not outwardly displaying signs, but he might have been about ready to crack. And somebody came in and said, "Hey, you still got ten days left." And he's like, "Whoa, you know, I thought I was on day twenty-nine, or I thought you were coming in to tell me it was over." And (laughs) at that point, sixty-two thousand to just end your misery sounds pretty good. So he's just so delirious; he doesn't know what's going on. Somebody offers him sixty-two thousand. He was like, "Oh, great." Free money. So did you hear the one? I, I know Saroy did it in his segment, uh, the golf bet. I did not hear that. So it's it's Vegas, and you know how. I mean, you've been to Vegas in the summer. You know how hot it gets. Right. But they basically bet a guy that was, a was a, I think, a high single-digit handicap 
that he couldn't play in one day walking all 18, four rounds of golf and shoot under. And I don't remember what the number was. It was like in the eighties, basically right. in, in over a hundred degree temps. Uh, and the guy did it and not only did it easily, but shot his low round on his fourth round. Wow. Why? And wa- walking all 18. Well, I think if you're in reasonably good shape and as long as you stay hydrated, I think you're all right there. It's a dry heat. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I, I've been out, um, I, you know, we go most every July to watch the World Series of Poker. And I mean, I've been out by the pool when it's 110 and like yeah, after a few hours, I'm like, yeah, yeah, F a bunch of this. The thing is, though, you're probably I haven't been to Vegas in a long time. But my experience in Vegas, if I'm out by the pool at two in the afternoon, I'm on three hours sleep and my entire hydration is driven by something and coke. <laughs> so let's say you get on a nice 10 hour night's sleep and you've just been drinking water, you know, for the entire day prior and that you're doing this. I think you and you're a good golfer, obviously. Yeah, I think you can make that happen. Not well, normal. And- Vegas guy, but this guy can do it. And to add to your add to your pool narrative, it's usually when you're out by the pool, the only two reasons you're out there is one is like, okay, I've got to do something that I can't lose money at, or two, <laughs> I've got to get, I've got to be outdoors because I've like literally not seen the sun in right. you know seventy two hours. So yeah, both of those things would indicate be indicative of your condition not being great. But I just know in the summer, you know, summer in, in Texas, you know, playing around, um, you know, on a cart in July, or August, just when you're when you walk off 18, just being like, man, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the day. Like, I, you know, I'm cooked. And then I can't imagine having to do that three more times and walk and carry your bag. That Yeah, that seems pretty ridiculous. I think being a good golfer where you're efficient at what you're doing. And you're, you're not, not taking a hundred practice swings, <laughs> right? Exactly. I think that saves a lot of energy that not the normal person doesn't get to save. All right. So we've been all over the place. Um, what else do we want to get to? Do we want to go out east to Bowman Gray and discuss the show that only me and you are watching? <laughs> so, do you think anybody else that listens to this show, and I'm going to even include Point Break Dave in that? is watching the show at this point. No, and I honestly don't care because I I, I want to talk about it still. So tonight we're going to be reviewing episodes 5 and 6, so we're going to give you a double pack. And for my money, these were clearly the best two episodes of the series so far. It's I don't even think it's close, and it yeah. has to be the fact that the first 3 episodes no one was watching, and no matter how good the content was, they knew Nobody was going to start tuning in, and that's why they pulled it. Because the last three episodes have been so much better than the first three. It's not even comparable. No, I, 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 I completely agree. But I do feel like the first three set some of the groundwork of familiarizing you with the with the players that enable the, the last three to be so good. But also just what's happening on the track in the last three is just compelling in and of itself, which you know to start the season, that wasn't really there. Right. We spent like 25 minutes an episode on qualifying. <laughs> You've got to let that go, man. Oh, no. I feel like you really, I feel like you really went like sign the screen unfiltered uh, on the episode that we lost about just how ridiculous that was. So, well, you know, 
talk about notes. doing. We're now talking about doing the show for ourselves. Like now, I'm referencing an episode that that really <laughs> only you and I know because we were the only two that ever heard it. So episode five, um, kind of starts us off where it's very Tim Brown heavy at the beginning, and hey. it, he's also a little heavy. <laughs> but uh, the the one note I had, and I don't know what all that you took, but he. He's real. He's got a beaten down by this season. He's like in second place. It's not like he's in fifteenth out of twenty drivers, but he's in second. The uh, sh- if you ain't first, you're last was pretty right. much invented about him because that that is he he does not waver from that lifestyle at any point in the show. Like he's never happy if he's not winning. And his whole deal is uh, he's struggling. He's halfway through the year, and his solution is that uh, he throws out that that they switched suspension you know, systems on their, on their race car two years ago. <laughs> and that's what he's blaming on the current season. It's not anything yeah. weird circumstance or anything like that. He's like, yeah, back in 2016, we made the decision to make this change. And that's why I'm not doing so good now. Yeah. Not to mention that after he made that change, he set the track record for Bowman Gray's fastest lap ever and won a championship. But now he's decided, and you know, right. because you know, because of the awesome dong, but this is, this is the plight of racers. Cause I've been guilty of this too, is when things start going wrong, you know, usually the problem is the driver or something that the driver's doing but you start to run wild in your mind of all these insane scenarios of what's really going on. And that's what he's doing here. Cause that's yeah. the, you know, the problem, the problem is probably one, he he's not driving as well as he could be. And two is Bert's doing everything right. And now, yeah, now he's basically just grasping at straws to try to come up with a reason why, but boy, you don't get more desperate than having the old man back the completely bare chassis into, oh, the, yeah. into the garage. I mean, it is just it is just tubes in a frame with not one wire bolt mounted on this thing. No, he's and starting he's got, over from square one. He's got three days until the race to put this thing together. Well, these guys really do spend all their spare time working on these race cars because after we get done with Tim Brown. We go straight to Jason Myers. Oh, who poor, poor Jason is driving around. And I mean, no offense, but he's driving down in the most bare bones stock white single cab truck that you can imagine. Like the one that's, that's made for like you use it for work. It doesn't have any of the cloth or anything on the inside. It's, it's made. Cause all you do is just carry around sets of head everywhere. And he talks about how he's got, a full-time job and a part-time job. So he works. So he's sick and he does all this work on his race car. Yeah. So I think he said he works almost 80 hours a week before you factor in whatever he's doing on the race car. You think he'd have time for a podcast? (laughs) We just bothered him. Like, look, we just need like an hour of your time a week. (laughs) And we would have hit a, that's an absolute jackpot. If we can ever just get a response from any of those guys, I gotta, I gotta feel like our odds are not that bad of getting a response at some point, especially now that the show's gone so underground. Like if we could give them the feeling that we're still really engaged in watching it, like I think the sky's the limit there. Yeah. And I, f- I felt so proud of myself tonight because I, I uh, had finished working and then I went to work out at the gym, but it was a, it was a day where I was just going to run on the treadmill 
so I had my phone set up there, like where the where the Peloton should be, you know, and right. had the show had the show playing, and I was just picturing like every single person that walked behind me at the gym, just looking at that phone and being like, "What is this guy doing? <laughs> Those modifieds." <laughs> That's how you find the one person who's into sprint cars and yeah, and he's like your hey, best friend. For the is next that the Dirty years. South racing? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, a few other things we found out in episode five. Bert Myers mentions that the championship only paid seven thousand. Is <laughs> is that the like just the last week when he won it, or is he talking seven thousand for the entire season? I think that's the that's the cumulative points fund. So you win whatever you win week to week. You get your hundred dollars for qualifying on the pole and whatever the winning winner's purse is, which I believe is pretty low. And then you finish first in points. You do all these things and you get seven thousand dollars. It's not very much for I whatever just... it is, 20 plus weeks of racing and all the, I mean, I mean, I know just from being in the, the business, but like one in, and, and I mean, and this is, this is assuming that you're not going top of the end, but one, one motor blows up and you're in it for over seven grand. I mean, like oh, easily. forget, forget any fuel expenses, any tire expenses, anything else, just just break one motor and you're already you're already losing more than than the whole season championship pays. I mean, I was just at a about a month ago a night of racing in Kennedale where the feature race paid 15 grand to win just that night. So that that's surprising to me that they're getting paid so little. Yeah, and, and the reason spending so much <laughs> The reason that came up in this particular episode is this this race, boy, they like to trick things up here, was the fans' choice gimmick. So again, if you qualify in the top four positions, you have the option to uh, wave your starting spot, go all the way to the back, and then if you're able to come back up and finish in the top four, um, you get a part of the purse. Well, if you remember when they did this earlier in the season, nobody was able to do it. Not everybody attempted it, and then the ones that did didn't make it. So all the money rolled over. So now we've got a situation where there's a $9,000 bounty on this fan's choice, which as Bert points out is now more than winning the entire <laughs> championship for the season. So I know this is going to make you mad, but qualifying is actually pretty important here because you can't get in the <sighs> fan's choice unless you qualify in the top four. But we don't need to show it. Just show the results. But it was compelling because this is this for no. the first time ever, Bert and Tim come out and lay an egg in qualifying and don't make it in the top four, which I'm assuming probably never happened before or after for the whole season. And Jason barely squeaks by uh, to get into the top four. So did you notice that uh, from the 2010 season about this racetrack, Chris Fleming was a huge character and and factor in that show. One of my favorite characters. He was one of the top four. He was. Did you did you notice when he walked out to tell the guy whether he was going to take the challenge or not that his face was blurred out? Yeah, in fact, that was my my, my <laughs> next note was Chris Fleming must have really gotten burned by the first show that he's now demanding his face is blurred out of the second show when he was when he was like mic'd up and we're going to yeah. his house and now s- season two he uh, he wants his face blurred out. Unbelievable. So then we have the all actually the all the top four took the challenge. 
Right, and I think I think the nine thousand dollars is putting it over the limit, yeah. and also you know Bert and Tim not being in there, who seem to be really the only two that are like obsessed with the points. I think John Brown's interested in it, but he would he'd much rather take money. I think Bert and Tim just put such a emphasis on the points that you know they're 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 actually maybe the ones that are like, no, I'm gonna right. you know stay up on the pole. But yeah, everybody here. So you've got Chris Fleming, you got Jason Myers, you got. Um, Jonathan Brown, like they're like, no, we're going to the back. We're we're gonna we're gonna get this nine grand. And also, just for those that didn't watch the show, if more than one of them do it, they're just splitting the money evenly. So there's no benefit. Like you just have to get back in the top four. So if two yeah. of them get the top four, they're they're taking half each. It's not it's not like the one that finishes highest gets it all. It's just you got to get back in the top four. Yeah. So it's like I think it was a hundred lap race and. At the end, you've got Chris Fleming was one of the four. He's in third place. Yet I think it was John Brown in fourth and Jason Myers in fifth. And essentially what happens is towards the end of the race, Jason Myers bumps John Brown and spins him out. Ends up in fourth. So he and Chris Fleming are splitting the 9,000. And as you can imagine, John Boy Brown is none too happy about that. So and after they- the race... After the race is over, as they're going into the down pit road, he's basically just gunning it and just rear rear ending Jason Myers as hard as he can. And there's with his people car. like standing right there. There's like women yes. and children standing there, and he's just 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 banging into him from behind, right. uh, as it were, and just repeatedly. And I'm I'm going like I mean this is like the most just wildly unsafe behavior I've ever seen. They're and that, that yeah that's just a night that's just a typical night at the at the stadium I think. Like Tony Stewart would take out like hundreds of people. He would there. murder. He would have murdered hundreds of people <laughs> on this night. And you have of course you haven't got a chance to listen to it, but the show open tonight is a uh, a compilation of some of the best audio from that from that situation. So oh very nice. Pretty happy. Pretty happy with how that turned out. I did note that. Uh, John Brown, he was a big talker that he was basically once they got back there that he was going to get out and he was going to whip Jason Myers. And basically all it did was get out of his car and stand on top of it and tell him that he had a long memory. And then did you hear like his dad or whoever it is is like, hey, man, don't stand on the car. (laughs) Right. He's like, I'll do whatever I want. So we transition to episode six, which introduces us to John Boy's brother, Bobo. Bobo Brown. So who immediately I, has something in common with Roman Reigns. <laughs> okay. So we'll get to there. So I was trying to just take notes just as the episode goes. Right. So my first one is just the fact that we've got brothers named John Boy and Bobo. Right. Second of all, I'm watching this and in my live in episode note is, man, Bobo is really not doing well. And right as I'm jotting that down, it's revealed that he just recovered from lymphoma. So Bobo maybe weighs 85 pounds. I mean, he looks terrible. And and he's got a speech impediment that he's just having a hard time getting his words out. But uh, he's back to work in the family business of the Brown Brothers Tree Service. So... The way that they make their way in this world during the week is they cut down trees. Right. John and Bobo. Which that looked, there's a method to that. I can, I can respect their, 
their work and their business. That's yeah. not something I could do. No. I think I could and, do I think I could do Bobo's part, which was just kind of estimate how tall the tree was and, and tell John where it was going to fall. Like, you know, yeah. and just, and they just stand, gotta stand the back way. and be like, yeah, that, that looks like it'll be good. Let's yeah. just go with that. I think did I you, did you part. like his, uh, when Bobo made his speech about that his real name was Joe and that he'd been living with lymphoma for the last year and a half. I think I might've spaced out during some of that. Oh, was it touching? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, we laid the title down in the middle of the ring and <laughs> he was going to come back. He said it wasn't a retirement speech. Yeah. It was good. So he cancer. So what's the more logical thing is to immediately put him in a modified <laughs> so he can go out and run a hundred laps with 20 other idiots. Yeah. But the, the under underpinnings of this was that, after what went down in episode five that, uh, that he was basically out there to provide some cover. And then they showed this awesome clip from like two or three years ago, which thank goodness there was video of it when John boy had gotten sideways with Bert and Bert was waiting to take him out on a caution lap. And Bobo being the amazing brother that he is like pulls his car up and basically hooks his wheel onto Bert's car right. so that when Bert tries to run, you know, run his brother off the track, he can't move. And then they end up driving off into the grass and having it out. And I was like, man, this guy's great. Like, you know, and this was pre-lymphoma Bobo, you know. <laughs> yeah. This, this is before all of his powers were zapped. But right. Yeah, what a what a great brother he is. He's got some problems, though. Yeah. So we get into the, the big, uh, this is the double points race. So if you want to make up some ground, this is this the, is the night. This is the night to do it. And of course, we spend twelve minutes on qualifying, which my note is: stop showing them qualify. Yes, we don't o- only, need to see that. Only to find out that it's a complete random draw for starting order. <laughs> right. So, not only do do you not want to watch qualifying, there's no it has no bearing on the race, and you want you you want to talk about a place that tricks things up. So they've got, you know, double points night and completely random draw like the. the you know, they might might as well like pretty soon just be like, okay, Bert's going to start with three wheels. Like, you know, <laughs> whatever whatever we got to do to keep the, the fast cars from winning every week, we're going to do it. And we have to have one person with lymphoma who yes. starts in the, the yeah, line. We got to hit our lymphoma quota. Did you notice when they were showing the pre race festivities the shirt that Jason Myers was wearing? I did not. So the front of the shirt said Carolina drilling. And okay. which is fine because, you know, that's one of his sponsors. So I noticed, you know, I just noticed the Carolina drilling. Well, at some point they, I think it was when they were measuring the tires, they showed the back of the shirt and it says, we'll bust your rocks. <laughs> okay. Classy as always. When Stay it comes classy, to Jason and he did have a cig in his mouth while he was, yeah. There. When it comes to Winston Salem, he, he's, he's a bit of a hothead. That Jason well, he's, Myers. He's, he's a bit of a hothead and he, boy, he's a big, talker of you know he he's the classic hothead of men hey you do that one more time and then you see what happens yeah just one more and you'll see how crazy i am yeah like literally the guy wrecked him all the way into pit road like hey one more time yeah right one more time and we'll see what happens so we we lost one main character with uh is it is it bg3 do i have the initials right there so the george it's gb3 because it's george brunholzel the third so he left. He decided that yeah. this wasn't for him. 
and and not to uh, not to because I don't think this really is going to have any bearing on the rest of our discussion. But you noticed that the guy they brought in to replace him, who's not in the show, they just kind of casually mentioned it. That guy won the race. Oh yeah, I had a note that he immediately just <laughs> Eric Almarolled him by the guy who couldn't finish in the top fifteen. He gets replaced in the first week. The guy wins the hundred lap double points race. You sir are a genius. A reference that only I will find funny, but yes, that was the most Eric Almarola thing that you could possibly do. He put that car right in the chase. <laughs> right. So then we progress towards the end of the big the big race, and I, I you know what, I can't even remember. Oh, we, we missed one big point. A big part of this episode was Tim Brown's grandfather died. Yes. How did I? How could I forget? So rest in peace. They do what what they of course always do at the dirt track to pay homage is push their car out to the starting line empty. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Release some balloons, and Tim got emotional for a minute, so showed that he does have a soul, and sure. was going to dedicate this performance to Grandpa. So yeah. you think Grandpa was looking up from underneath, <laughs> real proud of Tim Brown finishing literally in dead last place. Well, he ran into a little bit of, a little bit of traffic and a little bit of the wall. Yeah, he didn't quite, didn't quite win for Grandpa. So when we get to the end, uh, the seventy-nine won. Bert was close to the front. Oh no, no, John, John Boy was second, and Jason's running pretty well, like fifth, something like that. Right. And then, the hitman, as were his orders from the very beginning. Lymphoma Bobo. Yep. Spins him out on the very last lap. And in my note was that Bobo spun out Jason Myers just like he spun out cancer. <laughs> he put both of them into remission. <laughs> so he basically ruins Jason Myers' chance. And this was, of this was not season. like a racing incident. This was like he backed backed off and then full speed in the turn. Just, I mean, he left no doubt and then said, got him on the radio after he did it. Yeah. Like the spotter is telling him, Hey, here's your chance. It's the yeah, last lap. Last Get lap. him right here. Yeah. Cause he didn't want to do it early because then he would have screwed, uh, John Brown's chances in, with another restart. So he had to make sure he got it long enough that the race would go to go to the, go to the stripe. And he took him out, man. There's, man. there's just nothing you could say. No, it's just Bowman Gray. That's all it is. Yeah, you sound like the promo at the beginning of the show. That's right. So uh, we actually have, let me pull it up here. We actually have an old email that we haven't read yet. Yeah, and you know, I put out the I put out the call on uh, on Twitter today for any Nashville questions, and I got one taker. Do you want to do uh, that Justin, first? Yeah, he, well, I mean, it's really, it's a question I've been really, you know, really qualified to answer. Justin says, uh, at Tommy two underscore zero, uh, top five real country artists that I need to be listening to right now. No red dirt, please. I don't know what that means. Um, and then also, a, I think it's a racially insensitive comment, but um, I don't know. I don't know Justin personally. Yeah. Well, you know, in this, in this, uh, era that we live in, I don't think that's appropriate. And then he asked how the bluebird cafe was. So, uh, let me answer that real fast. So the, um, Top five country artists that you need to be listening to. Um, I don't know any country artists, so I can't be of much help to you there. Uh, I don't know what the Bluebird Cafe is, but I have been to Wingstop. <laughs> and it wasn't bad. 
Not bad. They don't okay. put as much seasoning on the fries here as they do in Dallas, so we're going to have to work on that. Yeah. Well, they're not sprinting toward diabetes like we are here. Um, so email. We had one from, from Joey. He of the, of the duck fetish. Yes. So he sent us an email. This is, this is going back over a month, so let's travel back in time a little bit. And this is entitled Dick Moves. It says, I can't believe you guys made fun of a guy with leukemia. So how did he know that we were going to be talking about Bobo tonight? I have no idea. He's like a soothsayer. This, is, this guy's uh, amazing. His his talents know no bounds. Says also, I'm positive all of your wives would prefer Roman Reigns over y'all. He is the Jason Momoa of the wrestling community. I hate to agree with him on that, but my wife has made that comparison. And man, um, Jason Momoa is going to be a problem in our marriage, I'm afraid. Uh-oh. You know what? I... I still say I'm okay because Roman Reigns has such a terrible finishing move. <laughs> if if the jump punch thing is what we're what, referencing, the, the Superman punch. Yeah, that that's dumb. Now, if we're talking the spear, I I don't know if I can compare with that. But the Superman punch, that's like a six year old. Uh, let's see. He says, speaking of dick moves, I was recently in a tattoo parlor. Why? And heard about a Samoan guy who got a tattoo on his reproductive organ. The tattoo artist said it was so sizable, the guy had to cradle it on his forearm like a baby. <laughs> Eventually, they taped it to the armrest of a couch to finish the tattoo. That's not really a question or anything. He's just telling us this. Well, he came to the right place. He says, okay, here's point number three, your question. How much would someone have to pay you to get a, a dick tattoo that said Balor Club or had flames like a hot rod? You can choose between either one. Well, first of all, the number would be so significantly lower than the dark room number. <laughs> like there would be multiple commas different in that. I feel like I would have to go with the flames like a hot rod because Balor Club is for everyone and I don't want to send the wrong message. <laughs> but we do appreciate the email though. What a yeah, but I'm in for the Balor Club by the way. I I would have hey, no doubt who's getting, whatsoever. Who's getting uh getting early buzz to maybe be in line to win the Royal Rumble this year. So um well let's do let's do 5 minutes on wrestling yeah, here. If that happens, we, I'll be climbing a fence at uh Phoenix, uh, what is it, Chase Field? I think it's still Chase Field. Yeah. That's, I was going to say that, and then it sounded wrong, and I panicked. It's the f- now former home of home of Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Hey, a uh, guy that sits right outside my office, huge Cardinals fan. I don't know how that's going to work out, because he's already taken a few shots at me. But, man, the Goldschmidt news was very well received in his cube the other day. He came oh. straight in my office and was like, Hey, we're going to the World Series because he says he says they're also signing Harper. So, really? Oh yeah, wow. he told me he's he's got his he's got a, he's pretty plugged into the scene. So we have uh, we have a big wrestling pay per view this uh, coming Sunday. The tables, ladders, and chairs. Yes, pay-per-view. I will be by the by the channel here in the uh, lonely apartment. Planned I'm my very whole excited. weekend. Got 
got my tea time early enough on Sunday that I'll be back uh, in plenty of time. I would have no doubt that you would do that. Lots of good matchups. We've got uh, Daniel Bryan, who's now turned heel against AJ Styles. Yeah. Which and, uh, go ahead. No, I said I think uh, I think I like Daniel Bryan in this matchup. I like the I like him being the bad guy, the character that just thinks everybody else is an idiot. Yeah, and I think I think there's a lot more mileage to get out of that character. I think they've had the belt on AJ for a while. I think you know I don't think it'll be necessarily like a pristine win. I'm sure there will be a nut shot in there. Right. Which what happened to poor AJ, where he has to be the guy that like everybody he feuds with suddenly goes to the groin punch as their <laughs> go-to move. And of course, the highlight of the pay-per-view is the fact that Elias is featured. In a guitar on a pole or a guitar guitar suspended from the ceiling ladder match. Right, against Bobby Lashley, who, well, Lashley shouldn't read anything to this, but I don't think Bobby Lashley can read anyway, so. (laughs) Okay. But I noticed that uh, Elias sent out a nice tweet tonight. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just know that it ends with uh, the line that at tables, ladders, and chairs, he's going to put Bobby Lashley behind him and then ascend to space in 2019. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man, they need to strap the rocket ship to Elias because if they let him, if they let him get a decisive victory over Bobby Lashley, the sky's the limit for this dude, man. Put the rocket ship on him, let him take off. Absolute crowd favorite, which we were, we were way ahead of the game on all that. You have any thoughts on the women's triple threat with uh, Becky, Charlotte, and then the odd addition of Asuka, who hasn't like done anything since WrestleMania? I mean, it's all right. Boy, I, I Dave wishes it. he was on the show now because man, does there, if there's a bigger Becky fan in the world, like I, I have yet to meet him. I'm interested to see it. But I don't know if I'm excited about it. And we've seen the other women's match is the Rousey Nia Jax, which we've kind of seen that before. Yeah, and I, I just think that one's a lot more predictable because I really think they're gonna go with a women's main event at WrestleMania and they they can't do anything to tarnish Rhonda's record until then. Because she obviously hasn't been clean beaten by anybody. They're certainly not going to let her lose to Nia. Because they've got to set up something for WrestleMania that's just going to be the end-all be-all. And whether that's her against Becky or her against Charlotte and Becky or or whatever. They've got to keep yeah. their options open here. So they're not going to let her lose to Nia. Do you think there's any chance that Nia ascends to the top of a ladder and jumps off and just like falls through the ring? Like all the way to the center. Why are they going to say the ladder just collapses under the weight? <laughs> so I think, uh, I, you know, the Elias match I'm looking forward to. I think you know that the uh, when Drew McIntyre, Claymore's Finn Balor up into space, that's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, I, I thought you were looking forward to Constable Corbin uh, having to uh, to win to save his uh, position as the general manager of Raw, but clearly not. No, All you want to do is just see failure for Mr. Balor. We, we need to, yeah. We're going to be very much behind the Scottish psychopath come Sunday. I might have my long leather coat on, 
just walking through the house, just kind of staring people down. If he looks like he, if he looks like he's in line to win the Royal Rumble, to go to WrestleMania, to wrestle for the belt, I will, I will pitch into the GoFundMe for you to get the McIntyre <laughs> log leather belt to walk into that, to limp into that arena with. That's something I will invest my dollars in. I may not go in the dark bathroom, but if it's going to take fifty or hundred bucks to get that to happen. Just no. count, go ahead and count me in. I'm signing on the dotted line now. So if he's in it, there's got to be kind of a non-leather version that kind of pulls off the same thing. You just get on the cheap. I, I'd be in for that. Now, I'm wearing pants with it. I'm not going in with the <laughs> the wrestling the wrestling undies. But Well, I'm a, I was going to go in the, in the wrestling undies in the Balor vest if you wear that. <laughs> uh I'm no, not, I don't think, I think my no. probationary period at my new job will be up by then, so they, they can't fire me after that. Right. Should be good to go. No, but after after this Sunday is when they really start honing in and forming the the plan for, you know, WrestleMania in April and you know, Royal Rumble obviously is the you know biggest piece of that. But I think, you know, if people are clamoring for the shows to get better, to get more focus, I think after Sunday, you know, there, there's a real opportunity to kind of start laying the groundwork for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways they could go after, after Sunday, you know, Seth Rollins, McIntyre, there's a lot of guys that they could, they could, um, put in that spot. It's just gonna be strange when they make it the Balor club. Kind of hope not, but I do think that probably since SummerSlam or hell in a cell, this is, of course, there hadn't been that many in between, but like the the one in Australia and the last one they did, I wasn't that. I guess that was a Saudi Arabia one. I wasn't that excited to see it, but I'm down for this pay per view. No, and this is it's always fun when they you know introduce some things that they don't do every week, which is obviously the ladders and the gimmicks. So it it should be it should be entertaining at the least, and then also you know kind of hopefully be a good transition into into where they're going to head with the big stories for for when we're going to be there. I mean, Hey, right. that's what it's really all about. When you're there, I man, I'm going to find this, I'm going to find this McIntyre, uh, entry garb for you. <laughs> if you, if you, if you're serious that you'll do it, I'm going to find it. Well, and if I can get it, if I can get it bought early enough to get some of the patchwork done on the back, <laughs> even better. Give me some options and I will, I will consider it. I'll consider wearing the well, there McIntyre. Will, there will coat. not be sleeves on it. So you'll be oh, fine. No, 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 no. No, not at You'll all. Be good. Normal garb. All right. Your 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 mission between now and then is to get healthy enough that you can get in the gym and make sure things are looking in tip top shape for the gun show. Okay. Well, I'm hoping to get back there within the next week, so that'll give me think of me over a month. We can start just loading up on all the supplements and all the stuff that'll kill me. By the time I'm 55. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta get to peak form for that, and then yeah, and then after that, don't worry about it. All right, I can do that. So, is there anything else we need to cover in episode 102? Oh hell, I don't know. You go <laughs> ahead, and t- you go ahead and do it. I have nothing else. 